Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Sandy Wexler, the Netflix Adam Sandler film from 2017. And uh, if you haven't seen the film, we are going to be discussing it with spoilers in mind. You might like to check it out before listening to this podcast. But if you don't mind, if you've gone off Adam Sandler or if, uh, you know, you have no interest in Sandy Wexler, we're going to break it down for you now. Look, Adam Sandler's had this Netflix exclusive deal. We're all aware of it. It's um, a real vanity project, as all of his films have become. And uh, he's had some train wrecks lately, but uh, how do you think the latest holds up? Well, we grew up with um, Adam Sandler, and I still quote uh, some of his movies to this day. I don't know about yourself, but I, I must have like seen Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison like a million times uh, when I was young, and I really liked Bulletproof. I thought that was a really great little action uh, comedy film. But by about Little Nicky, uh, that's when I grew out of Adam Sandler, Sandler. And I don't know if he got worse or anything, or maybe his comedy just wasn't to my taste. And I'm, I just might have grown past that. And I think I might actually like the film series Grown Ups. But to be okay. honest, I haven't given Adam Sandler much of a chance since um, high school, really. And I think that film, Jack and Jill, although I haven't seen it, it from the trailers, it does look like one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll just say, I've sort of kept up with Adam Sandler. I've seen quite a lot of his older stuff. Of course, as you say, you and I were around for, let's call it the golden years. <laughs> Definitely the Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Big Daddy time. We're, we're all watching those at the movies. That was exactly the right age for us in high school, and that was absolutely quotable. To be honest, like, The Wedding Singer is one of my wife's favourite films, so... Is that one of your favourite films? I really don't mind it, you know? Like, uh, I think that Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler have captured something. Something that they've then watered down twice. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, what are the other first, two? Fifty First Dates the film where Drew Barrymore has no long-term memory. Uh, she was in an accident and can't remember beyond... Like, she falls asleep and forgets everything, so he has to romance her every day. And then, more recently, they did the film Blended, where both of them have kids and they wind up going on, like, a vacation together to Africa where they kind of fall in love despite meeting terribly at the beginning. So each film, the two of them have been in since I've enjoyed less. I mean, Fifty First Dates was kind of okay, and I've seen it a few times, but uh, I think, yeah, uh, they've they've captured what they've captured in The Wedding Singer. Um, but like you say, Happy Gilmore, that was hilarious and quotable. And I do think Little Nicky does create that kind of point where you're either in it or you're not. And I don't know if it was the character he was playing or um, the fact that, you know... He was, he was doing his own jokes. He was doing his own bits, like the Deep South, you know, when he says that and he's talking about being from hell and no one else gets the joke. It felt like that, like no one else was getting the joke anymore. I don't know. I've, 
I'm not sure Mr. Deeds holds up, <laughs> you know, and anger management was pretty terrible. Yeah, I, I got I got 20 minutes into that before I had to turn it off. Wow. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, though, the worst Adam Sandler film I've ever seen is Grown Ups 2. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, it just, like, I don't mind the Adam Sandler, <laughs> I can't say that, but there's some of the Adam Sandler crew movies I don't mind. Like, I sat through the bench warmers with a group of people and we laughed the whole way through. I don't think I'd get that same experience again. And I remember really liking Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo with Rob Schneider. And I, I think all that is part of the Happy Madison crew or the Happy Madison family. Yeah, um, I don't think that holds up anymore, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so there's there, there's some hit and misses and, and stuff like that, but maybe the critics and us have got it wrong because it's like just from reading the comments when I was researching Sandy Wexler, he's got, he's just found generation after generation, like a lot of people really like Adam Sandler movies. And maybe it's just a case we've grown out of it and Adam Sandler hasn't actually changed. He still keeps making consistent comedy for that target, you know, audience. They still go with it. And maybe there's a huge portion of our group who love um, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore that still follow Adam Sandler. I can't, I don't have any friends that do fall into that category. And I don't know if you do as well. Well, we grew up together, Dave. We know everyone. <laughs> so we know <laughs> all each other's friends. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Like I met Paul Fennick um, at his stand up show, Fat Pizza vs. Houses, when he came to Canberra recently. And I personally think Paul Fennick is a genius, easily one of the greatest Australian comedy filmmakers. And he, he told me that he just wants to make people laugh. The, the guy has so much talent and can probably do anything, but his biggest aim is to simply make people laugh. And I think. Adam Sandler is a brilliant comedian. He is a funny guy and just wants to make people laugh. And I think the only time Adam Sandler tried to do serious acting was in Punch Drunk Love. And I personally think that movie is very overrated, but he did show a completely different side to his, ability, to his abilities with that film. And it was critically acclaimed from memory. But instead of going down that route... Um, he chose to remain in comedy and I don't think Adam Sandler is interested in making Citizen Kane or hardcore cult movies. He just wants to make people laugh and I think that's something that has to be admired in a sense, whether we hate his movies or not. Uh, Funny People as well was mostly dramatic, like he's dealing with a cancer diagnosis and stuff and he may not live through the you know events of the film. So it's not a comedy? Well, it has comedic elements because he's a stand-up comic in the film. And uh, Seth Rogen plays uh, a guy who's a big fan of his. Um, George Simmons is his character, um, Adam Sandler plays. And he's a big fan of his and he starts writing comedy for him. They spend a lot of time together. But for, like, a majority of the film, it's kind of a, there's a sadness behind it because he thinks he's dying and, like, yeah. Uh, so it's got hugely dramatic elements. But you're right. Largely, Adam Sandler is making comedies. And I'm using comedies in, like, uh, you know, <laughs> air quotes because some of them aren't very funny. <laughs> but they're light entertainment. And I, I do think, though, what's changed for me, and obviously we're older 
we're not into the exact demographic that's finding this funny. And we're jaded. And we're not, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're certainly jaded. If you've heard this podcast, we're very jaded. <laughs> but for me, like, I think if the first film I ever saw of Adam Sandler was Sandy Wexler, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I would have, I would have watched it and said, what is this? You know, because I feel like he's now phoning it in. There was a point where he was making these films and he thought they were funny and he was having a good time making them and that came across. You know, he thought the script was good. There was an element of, I don't know, trying, I suppose is the best way to think of it. Whereas now, Sandy Wexler, you know, he has, it's, he's got the check in advance. He has put all his friends from other films in this, all the connections he's made. The story is sort of light, it's about his, like, real-life agent, Sandy something else. And um, the funny sort of thing is, you know, now that he has complete creative freedom, he's just like, all right, well, my wife is in this and I'm going to put my kids in it, like his son and both his daughters are in it. And he's like, and I'll just stick all my friends in it and I'll just try and have a good time. But it's not as if the material is very strong. It's not as if the jokes land. Like, I'll give you an example when he's recording the demo for Jennifer Hudson and she sings it beautifully and they're not recording and then she, she does it again and they're still not recording, I saw that joke coming and it was less funny the second time. Damn it, I, I thought that was the funniest scene in the movie. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> when he leaned on the light switch, I was like, oh, he's going to lean on it again yeah. because this is the level of humour we're at. And I was like, okay, did it twice, saw that coming. I don't know, I... I found his character sort of frustrating. And, I mean, I recently saw Pixels, which is another Adam Sandler film. What's his name? Kevin James. Kevin James is in that as well. He plays the president in that. And so he's jumped from the president, and now in Sandy Wexler, Kevin James's character is like the puppeteer with uh, all the puppets. And it's just sort of... I don't know. I don't find it funny. Um, there were huge problems with Pixels as well. But it had, like, a big special effects budget. There was, like, something to it, I suppose. Even though it was, like, an episode of Futurama. I don't need to get into it too much. But I felt a bit like Sandy Wexler. There was a lot more potential for it to be better, and it wasn't. Well, th this um, is the third film in his eight-film deal with Netflix, like the other two being The Ridiculous Six and The Do-Over. I do think there is a good heart to Sandy Wexler. It kind of reminds me, again, Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo, where these band of misfits rally together mm -hmm. behind a... I've literally written band of misfits in my <laughs> joke, in my uh, text. They here. rally together behind a sweet but, you know, dumb sort of person. But uh, from what I read, uh, you know, this seems like a personal film for Adam Sandler. As, as you said, it, it, the story is based on the the manager that did give um, Adam Sandler his first break and subsequently his career. And the biggest issue for me with Sandy Wexler is the film's length. It's over two hours. And you're asking a lot for a comedy if you're going to go over two hours. And it should be max 90 or 100 minutes. Um, but for two hours, I had to endure one of the most annoying voices in cinema Aha. history. <laughs> like he's trying to do a Jerry Lewis voice, but it's it's so transparent and just comes across as so annoying. Like, it, it, and I guess that was the joke initially, like how he's laughing at non-funny parts and, 
you know, he 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 called in all his favors for that party scene, which probably took like thirty minutes to shoot, um, yeah. <laughs> maybe less. And you, you know, and you get the joke, and then you're like, "Are you serious? He's going to do that voice for the whole movie? Oh my gosh!" You know. Uh, but the biggest question at the end of the day that you have to ask yourself with this movie is, "Is it funny?" And I only laughed maybe three or four times, and I just don't think that's good enough for a comedy. Like it has a heart, I'll give it that, but it's just over long, and it's and it's not funny, as you said. It, I, I I just couldn't laugh at this, but I saw, like it had a good heart, a good center to it. It's a love story and stuff like that, but ugh, two yeah. hours is a big ask, man. All of the friends of Adam Sandler are present in that sort of um, suited up opening with David Spade and Kevin James and Nick Swarsden and Judd Apatow pops in, and you know they've got all the buddies. The thing is, the film is so long that I was sitting there wondering whether the gathering was a funeral or a wedding, um, which I should never have been allowed to think. You should have just popped in on those people maybe once more in the film. But like you say, the length, we kept going back to it, kept talking to people. And I was like, these people are really invested. They followed his entire career. So what are they doing here now? What is this gathering? And I was given far too much time to let my mind wander. Uh, this could have been a really tight ninety minutes, and like you say, two hours is ridiculous. Yeah, like uh, to fix this, I think they would need to drop a lot of the side characters and cut down the duration. Obviously, I think Terry Crews could have come in much Ooh. earlier. Yeah. Uh, like, I think he's great in everything, but he's just introduced too late. It's like, oh, okay, he's got a wrestling buddy as well, and there is a brief scene where it goes around all his all the people he manages, and there's these random contortionists there or twins or whatever. It's just like, okay, who are these people? But they're only there for that one joke, really. Wouldn't it have been best to drop all of them and just have the people that you've seen before, like the, the really bad daredevil person, you know, have the wrestler there? And, like, a lot of the timing is often this. For, for a co- comedian actor as experienced as um, a- a- Adam Sandler, maybe there's too much creative control given to him. And like he said, he's just being too lazy with his edits because there is a joke where he's like saying, don't jump in the pool and everyone's threatening they're going to jump in the pool. And it goes on for so long before the daredevil pole vaults into the pool and they all jump in. But it's just such a long, long scene. And it's it's the the ending punchline isn't funny at all. Like I was thinking, is, was that a joke? You know, mm. like there's so many things that just needs to be to be cut down. Like as well as that photographer when she's doing, um, uh, so, uh, I guess glamour shots to for more, um, uh, I don't know, advertising material. And the photo- I guess the joke there was the photographer had a funny accent. Was was that the joke? <laughs> I, I, I uh, don't know. Like yeah. cut it, cut it all out. I I don't find it funny. Yeah, to be honest, there was stuff in the movie I thought was dumb. Like I did write down. This film feels like they have edited nothing at all yeah. out of it. Yeah, it felt like they left everything in. No deleted scenes. Uh, Terry Crews as a wrestler, I wrote, at one hour, 20 minutes, why are we introducing new storylines? Did he, did he seriously <laughs> come in at one hour and 20 minutes? Correct. Oh, yeah. my God. I was like, what is this? What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> What was the funniest scene for you? What, what scenes made uh, you laugh? I'll tell you what. I'll... Made me laugh? Not much. 
Uh, nothing is really coming to mind. I'll say I'll, I'll go there. I got the recording session. I, I laughed at that. <laughs> That's so funny how you said that, that was the weakest joke and I thought it was the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when Wexler has the stroke and the ventriloquist um, has, has to, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was really funny. He's kicking him and stuff like that. I didn't quite understand the negotiation aspect of it, but it, I thought mm. that was hilarious. I did like to see Rob Reiner in that scene uh, making the crazy deal. They made like a three years on the air, minimum 20 apps, 15K an app, and he has a heart attack. And then they say, and he died. And I was like, well, he's not. No, that's not where. <laughs> I did enjoy seeing Weird Al Yankovic yeah, as the yeah, friend. Yep. Um, I did enjoy that, the old client that was successful. And v- was Vanilla Rice there as well? Yeah, he was in the, like in the suits. Because uh, he was in... Um, Grown Ups, I think. Um, he's appeared in some other Adam Sandler films. He was in That's My Boy uh, as, like, himself, you know, because Adam Sandler in That's My Boy is playing um, a really famous guy that slept with his teacher and got his teacher pregnant. And the kid that resulted was um, played by Andy Samberg. And because Adam Sandler's character was, like, famous across America for being the kid that knocked up his teacher, uh, he got some celebrity and became friends with Vanilla Ice. So he's in that movie as well. To be honest, some of the choices Sandy Wexler makes are strange. An example is like when Terry Crews' character goes in and starts singing. Like, I feel like he wouldn't have control over what Terry Crews does in the ring. He'd be like, I'm a wrestler and I'm going to wrestle. I also, I found... The bit where they go to, uh, what's his name, um, Quincy Jones's party, and she says to him, you know, lie about the wine being good. At that point, like, it's a terrible career move to do that, and she should be sort of grateful to be there. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and it wasn't she... funny. Oh, it wasn't. No, no. They did some, like, timely jokes, like, oh, there's O.J. Simpson. Hey, killer. And... Oh, we're going to buy shares in Blockbuster, which, of course, went bankrupt. And I suppose they could have done more like that, but um, they didn't really land. I just acknowledged, like, yeah, I get it. I know what you're doing there, but I I don't know. I did jump. The one thing I thought was done well was the car crash. It was out of nowhere for me, and I was like, oh, an event that's perhaps moving the plot forward. (laughs) You know, when um, he's listening to the song on the radio and then those guys start beating him up. But to me, the problem with this movie is their relationship. Now, every Adam Sandler movie, he always gets one insanely beautiful and talented actress and pays them probably a bunch of money to appear in their movie. Give examples. Well, uh, in Click, uh, Kate Beckinsale, isn't it? Oh, yes. I haven't seen all Uh, of Click, but I hear it's actually not bad. His wife in Grown Ups is Salma Hayek. Oh, who's it in Jack and Jill? I'm just going to open it up and, and check. But uh, in Just Go With It, his, like, best friend is... Um, it's Katie Holmes in uh, Jack and Jill. In um, Mr. Deeds, it's Winona Ryder. In uh, Funny People, it's Judd Apatow's wife that he's interested in. But it's, like, uh, Jennifer Aniston, as well as, like, Brooklyn Decker, who's a model. Uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Obviously, there's three films with uh, Drew Barrymore in Anger Management. Gosh, who is it in that? Stand by, I'll just check. 
I know Heather Graham's in that film and he gets her in underpants. It's Marissa Tomei in Anger Management. Wow, yeah. Uh, it's Somebody Beautiful in each one. And it's the mum from Modern Family in, um, gosh, I think it's uh, Happy Gilmore. There's constantly a, a beautiful woman that Adam Sandler can win the heart of in all of these films. And here it's Jennifer Hudson, who, to be honest, she was in Dreamgirls, her Oscar-winning performance, and uh, since then has only been in a handful of stuff, you know, including, like, Sex and the City 2 and stuff. So, you know, she hasn't really, like, uh, continuously been working in amazing films. You know, she's probably at a point where taking a paycheck for this works for her. But their relationship in this film, you have to believe, because it ends with their wedding, you have to believe that the two of them are falling in love and that they're perfect for each other and all that sort of stuff for this to work, right? Yeah, it's just that he just doesn't seem like a good manager. And I, I can understand why she would fall in love with him because he was the one that saw something special in her and followed her, um, you know, the, the whole way through and was very loyal to her and so forth. So I understand maybe in, in that loyalty she finds love and goes with But he's Sandy Wexler is just so, at times so incompetent to the point of being dangerous and that that's where it just falls but like does he have to lie all the time wouldn't that be yeah. the biggest turn off and I, I think she addresses that in the film but that, that would be sonic that would just be absolutely crushing for a relationship if you got a, got a guy who's just constantly lying all the time and not nothing is really serious you can never have that serious conversation and the whole movie is all about him finding that moment where okay i i can't you know lie I have to face it. It's just like, oh, gosh, we had to spend two hours to get to this point, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole lying thing is obviously one of his worst characteristics. Like, and as you pointed out, Weird Al Yankovic tells him, you lied all the time. And, like, we watch him lie, for, about, for example, about that car crash. He lies three different ways. He says he hit a moose. He says he had a fender bender. And he says there was a high-impact Thai bow class. Like, three unnecessary lies he could just say oh yeah i had a fender bender to each one like he doesn't have to and is that supposed to be funny like what he's coming up so. with okay yeah because what he's coming up with is just so extreme and you know unbelievable that it's funny but it, yeah. for me it was so constant it just became annoying and almost like, and with that voice just becoming like white noise that my, my brain was just trying to block out and I kept going, no, turn off brain, just accept it's supposed to be funny and my brain's going, no, this is terrible. <laughs> Why are you making me watch this? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I found it really difficult to root for their relationship for me because for starters, she sees that he's like torn out a picture of those models and dresses that he creepishly kind of stole from that magazine in the store. And she steals the picture off him, first of all. And then when she says at one point, he's a badass, you know, that seems like crap to me. He's like up a tree being chased by dogs. It doesn't seem like he's done anything where he's a badass. Like in uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin... Elizabeth Banks' character keeps walking over to Steve Carell when he's really pissed off and he looks like a badass. 
Like, she gets the wrong impression of him and thinks he's, like, you know, some take-charge amazing man, uh, if you remember that film. But here, it just seems like she heard him yell one time, and the thing is, he comes off as having, like, mental problems the rest of the time. When someone's outside her house, for example, you know, when she's famous, she, you know, has to wash his clothes and he comes in um, and Bling is over there. So why the hell did she call Sandy over? Yeah, I know. I didn't quite get that as well. It was obviously to have that confrontation with Bling. And I sympathised with Bling a lot when he said, look, you're a terrible manager. There's a lot of things I had to do to keep it right. I had to bribe certain people. I had to send a tape with uh, with money so that music would play on the radio. He's actually mm-hmm. doing what a manager is supposed to do. And I think that's the joke, <laughs> you know, like the, the how incompetent he is yet how... I guess loyal he is to his clients, but he's just real. He's just bad for them in the end. Like, exactly, like she, yeah. she would never really get off the ground um, if it wasn't for bling, you know. So, uh, I guess yeah. But it's frustrating too because you have that confrontation where bling is obviously like a romantic interest to her, and then he's not important to the film. Yeah, you know. Stuff just happens. He should be, and, yeah, because years pass by, right? Yeah. Three years pass by and you're like, okay, I guess Bling's gone now, you know, and this person's gone now. Okay, now he's in. He's looking after wrestlers. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, this film doesn't merit a time jump to, to that extent. You know, you, it just doesn't. It's not based on facts. Like, this isn't a biography. Like, yeah, it's based on someone, but for the audience who isn't aware of this person and, you know, you you you're bringing us left, right, and center, and there's no there's nothing to hold us um, to the very end of the movie. There's no main characters that we can hold on to. Sort of yeah, thing. as well, like he's a frustrating character because they go on that golf date incognito, and he has no skills. He has no redeeming qualities except that he cares a lot. You know. He's bad at golf. He's bad at eating. Well, but He's what, bad at wasn't driving. That point, He's like, bad at talking. Well, wasn't He's the bad po- at making deals. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the point of the golf scene, though, to say that this relieves a lot of stress? Like, I'm assuming that's something that he actually does, but he's not good at it. Yeah, he's not good at it. Yeah. And she's she's good at it. Yeah, she, she's, yeah. <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> I'll tell you what, they could have cut all of the stuff with Jane Seymour's character. You know, she's the horny neighbour. If I ever turn on the tennis court lights, she says she could use some company. That's actually one of the funniest scenes. Actually, when when he's got her, when she's got him on the bed, and then all of a sudden there's this old guy sleeping right husband, next to the yeah. husband. That was so funny. <laughs> he's in a weird vegetative state, and he flips her off. It just <laughs> well, it was amusing. I, I agree, but. I didn't feel like it fit into this movie. <laughs> well, they could have wormed it in better then, like drop other characters and then have that joke come earlier. Maybe, yeah. you know, like that that would have been fine if she was if if she was in the script for more like she's a person that he can always talk to or something rather than that voice um that that's obviously played by uh Juice Bigler, Mel Jigler, Rob Roy Schneider, Rob Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Schneider. Yeah, rather than him coming in and, you know, he's spying on him, that's supposed to be funny. Have her as the person who owns the house, maybe. You know, that you just, just you can cut out some certain characters here. But that that or, joke actually or got you me. have <laughs> uh, t- yeah. Or you could tie her up better in the, the context of the plot by having either Nick Swarsden, the stuntman, or um the comedian 
have either one of those as unlucky in love and then have one of them come over and be her company yeah. and not mind that the husband's watching yep. and kind of like make that a plot point instead of jumping forward 20 years and the vegetative state guy's still alive. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> and he's at the wedding. Did he try to attack someone at the wedding? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he did. I think he did. I think we've spent more time talking about the script than they did writing it. <laughs> Um, what's your favourite Adam Sandler movie? To be honest, I suppose um, because of the amount of times I've seen it, like I would have to, I'd have to say, uh, Wedding Singer would be up there. Probably Happy Gilmore is right up there. Um, how about yourself? I'm gonna go Billy Madison. Okay. Yeah, but all, all the ones you mentioned are fantastic. Like, I'd be really interested if any of our younger listeners are listening to this episode, could you please write your favourite Adam Sandler movie? Because I bet it's different for each generation. Yeah, um, I bet it is. Yeah, that, I'd be really curious to see that. What's the, because you've seen so many, what's the worst one? Well, Grown Ups 2 is horrendous. Wow, because that's bad. The film, it feels like the biggest cash grab uh, ever uh, because the first one made some money. The, the second one, they start storylines that don't matter um the whole thing takes place in one day and it feels like the longest day in the world and nothing is funny um it's all frustrating and i'll actually plug another podcast here as well there's a podcast of a couple of comedians who it's called the worst idea in the world the podcast and the first season they spent 52 weeks watching uh, Sex in the City 2? No, it was definitely Grown Ups 2. They started watching Grown Ups 2 for the first year. Every week they watched Grown Ups 2 and then talked about it, much like we're talking now. And then for the second year they watched Sex in the City 2 for 52 weeks, so 52 <laughs> episodes. And they had to find something they liked about Grown Ups 2 each time they were trying to talk about something different or like something they found amusing and that first year, they go through a real depression <laughs> uh, trying to find things they like. And it it became so much work for them. It sounds horrible. Like, it's funny to listen to because it's not happening to you. I feel like with Adam Sandler films, I'll see them all eventually. They've really got that feeling to me. Like, I'll see something and go, oh, that looks ridiculous. But, like, eventually I watched Jack and Jill. Eventually I saw That's My Boy on TV. You know, I, I saw Grown Ups 2 and hated it, but, like, I saw Bedtime Stories on TV. I saw You Don't Mess With the Zohan on TV. I'll, I'll get to them. Do you know what I mean? What, where does um, uh, Sandy Wexler sit? I mean, it's super forgettable and average. In a way, I feel like he's tried to create a character, and it's obviously based on someone he knows, and Adam Sandler wrote this screenplay. Th that's why it seems to me like this is something that he felt like he had to tell, like... You know what I mean? He put a lot of um, effort into this, called in a lot of favours. But if this is the best that's in him, oh, man, he's he's really empty on the gas tank, if you know what I mean. I kind of felt like, you know how in Anchorman, he goes, I love lamp, I love carpet, and he's just looking around the room at stuff. <laughs> As you said, phoning like, it in. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Adam Sandler looked around and was like, what am I going to write this movie about? I've got to churn out eight movies for Netflix. And his agent called him and then he was like, ha ha, <laughs> I've got an idea. 
And it's just the voice do he did was so funny. First, yeah, it's going to do it on whatever the first thing that comes into his head. Yeah, you know, he's going to be making breakfast, and he's going to go, "What about a guy that invents a new breakfast cereal?" <laughs> and that's going to be the next one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the smallest idea that it's someone else will write, and whoever he gets to direct, and he'll just call in favors so that there is a cast involved. Like, the, have you seen what the do over is about? No. All right. Well, I've got to read it to you. <laughs> it stars it stars Adam Sandler and David Spade. Two down on their luck guys decide to fake their own deaths and start over with new identities, only to find the people they're pretending to be are in even deeper trouble. So, like, that's an idea that you've come up with in an afternoon, right? I mean, and everybody returns. They get Sean Astin back. He was in Fifty First Dates. Nick Swarsden. He's been in like Grown Ups, Grown Ups Two. Last few films they've done. Louis Guzman comes back, you know, like Jackie Sandler, his wife. Like, he's just giving his wife, son, and two daughters a career in acting because he can. Yeah, I want to say Netflix um, have got the short end of the stick in this deal, but I think the people who are in charge of their production team uh, have a very, very good, a very business savvy and they know what they're doing. I think um, just having Adam Sandler and these exclusive movies that aren't being released in cinemas, you have to have a Netflix account to watch these. And I don't even think they're being released on Blu-ray or DVD. I think I don't it's think a, so, yeah. Yeah, I think they're attracting a lot of people more than you know to Netflix. I think they've actually got a very good deal here and they're, you know, they're, it's it's working like it's it's like a big magnet pulling in more people um so 100% yeah. 100% but i think what this is is a model to show what can be done what netflix would love and i'm sure they've already tried stuff like this is to approach like a quentin tarantino and say you can make your next 5 6 films here with us on netflix complete creative control 100% they've got it with martin scorsese the big one that Martin Scorsese's been wanting to do for a long time, and we're talking Joe Pesci, I think Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, like we're talking the Scorsese ultimate crew you could ask for. Netflix have said yes to everything he's wanted, and he's like, screw it, I'm going to make it for Netflix, you know, and I know Martin Scorsese and what who you just mentioned, Tarantino, are purists, absolute purists, and they want to make a movie, they want to release it, in cinemas and stuff like that because they're big fans of cinema. But if the studios aren't providing them with this freedom, then they're going to turn to Netflix or other streaming services. And streaming, this is a very important thing that we a lot of people need to discuss, and we're going to discuss it right here in Podme if you can. <laughs> but <laughs> streaming is, is, is a huge thing. Um, Disney is going to start their own. Uh, Apple are looking to start their own, so that'll be a combined deal with Apple Music and Apple um, whatever movies they want to get into. There's something about movies that is so glamorous that no matter how successful a company is, they eventually want to start their own studio and producing stuff, whether it be for TV shows or, of course, movies. Amazon Prime's got it. I'm pretty sure Facebook's going to announce it eventually. There's just so much money they're investing in their videos, video play and and everything like that. YouTube's got their own as well. We're seeing YouTube Red, isn't yes, it? Or yep, something? 100%. They're seeing YouTube yep. movies. So this is going to be a big factor. I don't know how, if there's room 
for all these playout services um, for the consumer. I don't think consumers can afford 50 bucks a month for all these streaming services. They'll somehow have to make a conglomerate to do a deal where you pay 30 mm. bucks a month and you can get access to five of them or something. Yeah, I, right. I, yeah it's not going to survive, but this is the new business model. And what that means for cinemas, I think we're right around the corner before you're paying extra, like a pay-per-view to see like Mayweather or the next Mayweather fight, you have to pay like $60 or whatever. You'll have to pay a premium to see the latest Martin Scorsese movie streamed. And I don't think you're going to go to the movies anymore to to, to watch um, films because these streaming services are are no joke. Like they're they're big bankrolls to – sorry, they're big systems to bankroll major projects. So, I mean, obviously Adam Sandler's business savvy. No one's denying that. Yeah, 100%. I think we're just attacking the quality of Sandy Wexler and what feels like a fall from grace from when we enjoyed Adam Sandler movies. And yeah, and again, we could be wrong. Um, like a, a, just from reading the comments, a lot of people love these type of movies. Like I read comments, people saying, "Oh no, I was crying in Sandy Wexler, such a sweet movie." And I'm just like, man, you need to watch more movies because this is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many people at the wedding at the end, and. I feel like most of them were there for her, you know. I liked that their wedding vows weren't valid as they were married by a puppet, but uh, it's interesting that they jumped from 1997 to 2017, like 20 years later, and she has barely aged and they've just put some grey in his hair. Like, it was the time jumps were not warranted, like you say. In the proposal as well, he says, you had me at Shalom, <laughs> which is, you know, a play on... Uh, Jerry Maguire there, you had me at hello. Yeah. (laughs) Such clever writing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so look, he's business savvy. He's got this Netflix deal. And uh, long story short, we're going to see a ton more Adam Sandler films. And, I mean, he'd he'd probably sign on again and do it all again. Yeah, yeah, didn't you say, Dave, we were going to do the next six um, Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As long as they're not grown-ups three and four. Oh, this movie was painful enough. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm happy to investigate an Adam Sandler film here and there. This was the first one we've ever tackled on the podcast. Um, and I feel like there's a reason. It's that the quality hasn't been there. And now, I guess, this podcast, we're investigating this way of releasing films, you know, this Netflix model that he's doing. I mean, they could approach another actor and say, same thing, George Clooney, uh, Tom Hardy, you know, Tom Hanks. And they could say to them, make your next four or five films here, like exclusively with us. Here's a big pile of money. I mean, the Netflix has such a big brand and the Netflix and chill and the fact that it gets dropped constantly on TV shows, you know, it gets referenced. There was a huge period of time where everybody was referencing Candy Crush and Angry Birds and these kind of things became like the app for a while, you know? For for the moment, I think Netflix is the streaming service. Yeah. You know? well, Would you, Net- you'd agree? A hundred percent. You always say, oh, yeah, just watch a Netflix at home and Netflix and chill became, you know, a word in modern vocabulary and stuff like that or modern slang, I should say. Um, yeah. Netflix could see the potential three years ago. They could see everyone breaking off and starting their own streaming services. That, that's going to happen because it's so easy 
you, you know, just just to start it up, just have a box, a hard drive with a whole bunch of movies and have some app that you develop that people can access on their TVs. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not that big of an investment. What's surprising is how long it took Apple to come around because the infrastructure has been there for so long. You know, just, oh, we didn't even think of streaming, you know. <laughs> um, so their biggest aim, I heard, is to have 80% of Netflix's library produced by them. Um, which uh, is huge. We, I think that's within two years. So that's that's why they're just blitzing this content out. They're so hungry for content, you know. Um, so if you guys got great ideas and you you know you got a bit of a universal following, I'm looking at you, you YouTube stars. Pro- Netflix is going to approach you any minute now. <laughs> it's funny that YouTube went with YouTube Red when RedTube is a thing. <laughs> And, like, I feel like they could confuse them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they knew what they were doing, Dave. I guess they did, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was Sandy Wexler here on Podme, if you can. And if you want to see some videos from us, we have a YouTube channel as well. And it's uh, all available, all our back catalogue. Everything is at podmeifyoucan.com. You might get your you Netflix drop... deal, Dave. Well, look, a Netflix deal for us would be really interesting. <laughs> but uh, we'd have to generate some kind of original television show with... Um, you know, real characters rather than just the video reviews we've been yeah, doing. Yeah, we just review crappy Netflix movies. <laughs> no, I don't watch <laughs> I don't this. Think... It's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Netflix sounds like they would definitely finance that, don't they? <laughs> but uh, all our back catalogue and links to both of us on Twitter. You can drop us a line. You can tell us your favourite Adam Sandler movie. Uh, you'll find everything at podmeifyoucan.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. And if you're a big Adam Sandler fan or you're Adam Sandler, just looking up somebody talking about, you know, Sandy Wexler, drop us a line. Let us know what you thought of the film. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews.